welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard, alongside none other than John Tesh. Our guest this week is Danielle Ryan Broida. She is a registered herbalist. She's an instructor of mycology. But most importantly, based on our conversation today, she's the national educator for Four Sigmatic, which uh, is a very popular this nutritional supplement company is the best way to describe it. But they, they, we are going to be talking superfoods, particularly mushroom superfoods, and how biohacking, the benefits of biohacking on your whole life, and how we need to change how we eat to have more of these superfoods in our diet. We're going to talk all about those benefits and how to do that in a minute. But first, uh, and we come back, also, we're going to do a couple of quick pieces of intelligence with John. Uh, you you doing okay, John? You good? To, you good to wait with us for a second? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, real fast. Uh, a word from our sponsors, including Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. Once again, want to say thank you to our friends at Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans for making today possible. John, you excited about uh, Daniel Ryan Broida? Daniel Ryan Broida? I am because I've done some research and uh, and uh, but she looks. By the way, she looks like she's an herbalist. Oh, she really does. You know, yeah, yeah. She looks I mean, like she got the basket weaving thing yeah. by the side. Yeah. She she uh, she. There's nothing you could you should see her face light up when she talks about wa- just walking through the forest. It's like <laughs> you can see her whole body's like that is where we are meant to be. We are wood nymphs of the of the forest. But she's. Well, what if, what, if your, what if your Wikipedia said he studied Ayurveda in India and became a certified yoga instructor on the banks of the Ganges River? What? <laughs> and then and then is also a professor of mycology, which is the study of, of mushrooms and fungi. So she's a pretty amazing person when it comes to to the benefits of holistic nutrition, particularly in these superfoods, these hyper dense uh, yeah. mushrooms. We're going to talk yeah. about like I also could, I, I, could, I could have used her help when I was in college. She's a certified detox coach. That's nice. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of people, a lot of people in Las Vegas that could use a certified <laughs> detox coach. I think there's a service that goes around on a bus you can get. Yeah, what great, great, great credentials though. Yeah. Amazing. So very excited to share that with you guys. Uh, but first, let's do a couple quick pieces of intelligence, some on-brand stuff. Uh, you know, uh, do, you, do you even realize how close Lego was to going out of business a few, like maybe a decade ago? You told me because yeah. I asked, I was at, when I was at your house with the kids and I saw that there were Batman Legos and all these other, and like even Star Wars characters. Yep. And I was like, wow, when did that happen? And then you told me the story. Yeah, they got saved by their ability to license. So that when they started licensing other products into Lego, that's when it, they really started to boom um, all of uh, again because they were obviously a huge hit at first and then they were dying and then they did that. But now you can add Lego to the list of companies that are benefiting from people being at home more. They had a 14% sales spike in the first half of 2020 compared to the same period last year. Not just Lego, though game makers in general have been on a tear uh, because of social distancing restrictions, etc. For example, Nintendo has profited uh, over 400% in its most recent quarter and their stock their stock shares are up 35% this year. Now so. now I know I know I've heard you talk lovingly about about Nintendo and it's about about its history but you you always hear so much about PlayStation. Why do you like Nintendo? Somebody I, likes I, Nintendo. I, it's up 400%. I'll tell you exactly why. Because as opposed to a lot of other video games look PlayStation's great. I like playing PlayStation. Xbox is great. PC gaming really fun. I'm not much of a gamer anymore in my life, but when I was these were these are great platforms. But the great thing about Nintendo is at almost any age, after a certain point, you can pick it up and you can play the game. Um, what I mean by that is with these, with PlayStation, there's like nine buttons on the controller. Have you seen the thing? They, like, there's like two up at the top for each hand. And then there's like extra little, there's all these extra dongles. And, and that, that all adds up to making the whole, pro, the whole product just a little bit harder to use than Nintendo, which is just a lot more user-friendly. So they've got the Wii which is, a, you know, you pick up the little thing and you you wave it and you can, like you're swinging a tennis racket. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So they have this really, you can just pick them up and play. So if you're not a big gamer, but you're, you've got a lot of downtime now that we're in quarantine, Nintendo is a great system to pick up, which is why a lot of people have been. All I remember about about video games is that is that when you 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 had a, a some sort of station maybe it was Nintendo and you went off to college and you uh, and you left it behind and then Prima uh-huh. your sister when she was about six years old <laughs> said uh, Dad I want I want to play a video game like my brother and I said okay so I switched the thing on. And all of a sudden, it's like uh, cop cars, and they're throwing people okay. out of the car, and they're running. I mean, and it was like, wait, well, I, I thought I, I thought it was going to be like Ms. Pac-Man. What the heck is this? That's the other nice thing about Nintendo. What you're talking about was Grand Theft Auto. That's 3 right. That's right. On PlayStation, <laughs> with Nintendo, most of their titles, I think almost all of their titles, are pretty family friendly. There so you if you're, go. you're not going to yeah. all of a sudden be like, you know. 
doing the stuff that, that you do in some of these other on these other platforms. So that's another big reason for Nintendo. And again, Lego, you know, I think I think it's actually with the Lego stuff, I think it's the older people who are hobbyists that want to build like the really big five hundred, six hundred dollar ones, uh, more so than the kids, because the kids have all the Legos they need. I, I know at some point we had a story on the radio show about somebody measured uh, the pain threshold of living in, uh, in in a house with Legos, and, and you actually know that you know that to be true. For it's so, so much of the Lego came out with um, with slippers that are that are tile resistant <laughs> slippers because that's how much it, it stinks to step on one of those tiles. And we have hardwood floors. You step on a hardwood floor with a with one of the small little like two two prong Legos, you're done. You're done. You're you're yeah. out of commission for a while. Yeah. You know, another thing we were talking about, uh, and I wanted to bring this up because we had had it on the on, on the show, is that uh, there was this app that that got released for uh, you know reading uh, reading more books, yep. right? And it's called the Twelve Minute App. Yes, and it con- it condenses the the most quote unquote the most important ideas from top nonfiction books into twelve minute micro books. I downloaded it, and I'm and, and they're not a sponsor, and you're going to see why in a minute because I. I tried it. Yep. I just didn't like it. Oh, no? I didn't like it. No, it was just, maybe it was just, a, it was one of the, I, I, I was a book on focus, and then I, I checked out Angela Duckworth's Grit because I'd read that whole yep, book. Yep, yep, And I just, I don't know, I just felt unfulfilled, you know? That's the thing. You know, th- these are really good if you just want to get a, a, you don't, and you don't like to do this. You like to go deep on things. But these kinds of, these briefs, these, I mean, not to use the brand name, but these Reader's Digest versions of things, are great if you just kind of want to know everything that's going on in the world. But if you really want to understand something, you can't take a book like, you know, Angela Duckworth's Grit and, and get it in 12 minutes. That's the, it's literally the thesis of the book. It's, you have to put in the time, right? So that, um, that, that's, that's the kind of thing that's really, I think, missing from these things, which I... So, which tell, I, so tell me before we hear your interview with Danielle, what, what one thing that's a, a revelatory thing did you learn about her that you didn't know before the interview? Because I know you do a lot of research before you do these. Yeah, well, I would say, you know, the, the number one thing is that their whole model at Four Sigmatic is to, is to not make you change your behavior, but to add in super foods into the behaviors you're already doing. So one of their best-selling products, it was one of my favorites even before this. Uh, and, and full disclosure, uh, Four Sigmatic is not a sponsor of the show. It'd be great if they were, but they are not. I am a big fan, and Danielle is a certified expert, and that is why we are talking today. They, it's not a pay-for-play situation. So one of my favorite things they do is the Lion's Mane Coffee. And she was explaining to me why they started that, and that is they want to take over the habit that we already have and add super nutritionally dense food, aka lion's mane, into a habit we already have so that you can do something healthy for yourself without changing your core habit. And that desire to really affect change in a broader swath of the population by giving them access to these superfoods uh, was something that I learned from her. Yeah, I think I first heard about them from Tim Ferriss. Is that possible? They are, yeah. Big. Yeah, yeah. He's big on biohacking, and this is essentially a biohacking company. Uh, they're going to explain, she's going to explain where the where the name comes from right at the beginning, so you'll get to hear that, where, why it's called Four Sigmatic. But yes, Tim Ferriss, big fan. He loves the lion's mane. Um, I, I happen to, uh, I happen to adore the feeling I get from, from having their products. So, uh, yeah, big, I'm very excited for people who are, who are listening to the podcast for the first time, because the the next thing you should do after you finish, finish this piece is to go listen to Gibbs interview with Guy Ross, who is just an incredible guy. Yeah. Yeah. Guy, Guy Ross, you want to talk about 12 minute, uh, uh, super books, taking the 12 minute apps that condense, uh, that condense books for you. Go listen. Go listen to Guy Raz's conversation because that's all he does. Is he interviews CEO uh, CEOs and founders, and that interview is all about the lessons that he's learned from interviewing the biggest names in books, in corporations, in organizational leadership, uh, and and the lessons he learned from that. But before that, awesome. you got to listen to this. Danielle Ryan Broida. She's a registered herbalist, instructor of mycology, and the national educator of Four Sigmatic. Here's my conversation with her. Uh, get your get your mushroom on, guys. Danielle Ryan Broida, you're a registered herbologist, uh, a, a holistic nutritionist, but most but also an instructor of mycology at uh, at the Colorado School of Clinical Herbalism. Thank you so much for making time for us today. Thanks for having me. So uh, I wanted to talk to you because you work for a company that I I happen to love. Uh, that it's it's called Four Sigmatic, and you guys make these. I don't know how to describe them: mushroom tonics, mushroom powders, mushroom based biohacking foods that are uh, that. I mean, I, I I've been a fan of for a long time. Just full disclosure, 
you're not you're not a sponsor of the show yet, but you're not a sponsor of the show. And uh, I, I'm just a huge fan, and I, I want people to understand what it is that you guys do. So that's that's why we're talking today. So thank you so much. Uh, but yeah, how did you guys get started in making? Well, what what is it? I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. So how would you describe the stuff that you guys make? Yeah. So our brand name really helps explain a lot. The name for Sigmatic, it's pretty heady and hard to remember. But when you break it down, it becomes really clear what we're doing. So essentially, if you take all the edible foods in the world Mm -hmm. and you put them on a graph based on their nutrient density, how good they are for you, some foods are horrible, some foods are amazing, and most foods are average. Right. I happen to like the horrible foods, but (laughs) I understand that I should be eating the amazing foods. There's a balance. We're going to turn that around for you. So (laughs) essentially, if you can picture what that looks like plotted out, there's a bell curve that forms, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the foods are in the middle, horrible on one end, amazing on the other. You draw a mean in the center of that bell curve. Every measurement away from that mean is a standard deviation or a sigma. Uh-huh. So if you go in the negative sigmas, sigma direction, foods get lower and lower in their nutrient density. Mm-hmm. I think like corn syrup, GMO, pre- refined, processed white sugar, etc. All the stuff, all the stuff that's easy and tasty and and hits the parts of my brain that remind me uh, of being a child. Sure. You're in the like negative one sigma with them. You're not all the way off the charts, but in the positive sigma directions, the food are, foods are getting more unique, more nutrient dense. So one sigma foods are whole foods, foods both our great, great grandmothers would recognize mm-hmm. right? an actual egg, an actual apple, et cetera. Two sigma foods, we're getting into staple foods, a lot of legumes, rice, quinoa, things like this. Three sigma foods are where most of our health foods lie. And then four sigmas, so four standard deviations from the mean of all foods, there's about 100 foods that fall into this category. And these are the 100 most researched, most nutrient-dense foods on the planet. And we want to make those easy, delicious, accessible to become part of people's daily routine. Wow. Yes, I want that too. I want them easy, delicious, and accessible as well so that I'm not reaching for the Oreo. I'm reaching for one of these four sigma foods. So, so, okay. So let's start with just the idea of what are these four Sigma foods? Cause when you passed, when you passed staples, I got into stuff that I don't, I mean, I'm assuming in the health food category, you've got like kale, right? That's the three Sigma food would be like kale. Um, and, and that's about as healthy as that's actually, I would say (laughs) beyond the reach of where most people are willing to go for their nutritional health, right? Kale is like, it's super popular now, but, uh, for a lot of people that it's too much. So, uh, what are these four Sigma foods that, that exist on their own? Yeah. So the ones that we focus on are adaptogens, which is a category of herbal medicine that in really layman's terms helps your body adapt to different stressors. Mm-hmm. And within adaptogens contain both herbs and mushrooms. And mm-hmm. so we focus on these functional mushrooms and these plant-based adaptogens, and we put them with things that, you know, you maybe thought were in the negative sigma category, things that you're like, oh, this shouldn't be good for me, but I love it, to make it as easy to become part of your routine. Because even though, like you said, kale is amazing for you, or all these foods are so powerful, have been used for Mm -hmm. thousands of years, if you don't know what a lion's mane is, and you don't know how to use it, you're you're not going to use it. You know, I used to tell my clients, like, the medicine doesn't work if you don't take it. (laughs) Um, So what we do is we look at what people already do every day, what routines exist, skincare, coffee, something sweet at the end of the day, protein, and we add these four Sigma foods into those staples. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. So one of my favorite products that you guys do is a... um... You guys have like three basic categories on your on your website or on of your products. You've got uh, defend, which is immune boosting. You've got think, which is helping with focus, and uh, you've got um, calm, right, which which helps relax you. Exactly. Um, the uh, the focus products. I, I, anybody that listens to the show knows I have uh, horrible, near debilitating ADHD that I somehow managed to put my thoughts together around. Um, but that that. The focus products, like your Lion's Mane Coffee, is something that I have uh, that I have loved for a very long time because I feel like uh, I feel that I feel the buzz of the coffee. I'm al- I'm already drinking a ton of coffee, and then on top of that, I get the I get this level of 
the whatever the the hip word that everybody talks about now is flow right mm-hmm. where you where you sort of your your focus transcends time and you're able to you know you're able to write and all of a sudden you look up and you've written 10 pages and and an hour and a half has gone by on the clock and it feels like 5 minutes yes i know you can't make this claim but i feel like the lion's mane stuff really puts me into that state of flow in a way that very few other products do you guys make that and then on it makes this stuff called alpha brain and those two products really do a lot for me in the, in the, in those terms and that's lion's mane correct that's the that's the main thing that's that's getting me going there yeah first of all thanks i'm so glad to hear that story and i always say to people don't believe what i say experience it for right. yourself right right and and the the dosing for every person is going to be different the experience or like how long does it take and it's like you've got to start using it and it's you start forming a relationship with these natural whole food ingredients like the lion's mane and uh, yeah what's so unique about our coffee is it is real coffee so there's a lot of quote-unquote coffee out there mm-hmm. but we use 100 percent organic arabica coffee beans you know this fair trade from honduras so it's true coffee it tastes just like coffee i'm drinking it right now i mean it, it tastes just like coffee and i did like i like i am want to i mixed a little mct oil in there so that the caffeine buzz takes a little bit longer and lasts a little bit longer. Perfect. And just like what you do with that bullet coffee, right? So your MCT, your fat in there, you can think of the adaptogens. So the mushrooms in there, lion's mane is a mushroom that falls under this category of adaptogens. And so when you combine adaptogens with a stimulant like caffeine, you don't get a crash or jitters, right? Mm -hmm. Because caffeine is taxing to your body adaptogens are almost like refilling that cup, right? They're really fueling and creating that balance and stability equilibrium in your body. So when you have the two, you still get the benefits of your coffee. You can skip a lot of the negatives, like the jitters and the crash, and you get a high dose of, which we can get into the headiness of it, but double extracted fruiting body of that lion's mane mushroom. Uh, okay, so so you keep using the word adaptogens. Now, is that a category in and of itself of stuff? Or, or can we anchor that to things that we've heard of, like B12 or something like that? Unfortunately, B12 is not an adaptogen. No, I know. I, I know that it's not. But I just mean, is there is there something that we've heard of in terms of adaptogens that we can anchor the concept of, of what they are to, for, for other people? Like, you know, yeah. adaptogens is a foreign term for people, for a lot of people. Yeah, let's break it down. So essentially with all natural medicine, with plants, with mushrooms, we group them into... Think of like little umbrella categories based on what they do. Mm-hmm. So for example, there's things that you take to support your digestive system, right? Your gingers, cinnamon, warming spices, mm-hmm. those are digestives. We have groups of herbs that help us sleep, right? So maybe valerian or even chamomile, and we call those, you know, hypnotics or nervines, depending on the strength. Adaptogens are another category like that. And what defines something as an adaptogen is it's non-toxic, it's naturally occurring, um, and it's non-specific, which is kind of what trips people up about adaptogens. And what also makes them so special is that unlike, what does that mean? It's not non-specific, yeah. Yeah. So most of our natural medicines or plants or mushrooms are pushing our body in a specific direction. So I take this and it will get me here. Mm. This will stimulate, this will depress, this will move my body in one way or another. Whereas adaptogens work with the individual body to kind of meet you where you're at. So if you're really stressed and you take an extract of reishi mushroom, that will affect your body differently than if you're in a time in your life where you're super chill and you know you take that same reishi. So it's interesting. With, correct, it is fascinating. Um, so they're really looking to find, you know, pun intended, but help your body adapt to keep you at this balanced kind of chill flow state. Wow. Okay. Um, which may be, which may be why I love, I love it so much because I feel like, uh, having, I I mean, in my life I've taken the prescription drugs for certain things and I, I find that it, it changes me in a way that I don't always like, but I find that, um, uh, lion's mane and some other herbal extracts, like um, like I mentioned, on its alpha brain, they they I get to keep who I am while also being able to have that sort of higher function, that level of focus, that level of flow very easily. And that is one of the things. That's what I love so much about this kind of uh, it's sort of I, I want to call it. 
I guess nutritional supplementation is the best way to to sort of how I use it. But uh, this kind of thing, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and you're spot on. The idea is how can we elevate our own vitality, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this life flow, this river that's flowing in us. It's giving us our life force. And we want to make that as strong and as vital as possible so we can think as best as we can, so we can have the energy that we need to, so we can sleep appropriately. So unlike, you know, even many herbs, you can use them allopathically, more like treating a symptom. Mm -hmm. is kind of stoking the inner fire to allow your body to be the best version of you. And so with mushrooms, with adaptogens, we're really looking to kind of build your system and nourish what your body already knows how to do, but might be lacking certain tools to get there. And bring you to, I guess the word of the day is the flow state, but right. bring you into your highest state of vitality is how I look at it. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so, so you guys, again, going back to, to the actual, the actual stuff that you guys put in there, uh, as opposed to whatever the rest of the hundred foods are, you guys take specific varietals of mushrooms and use those and use the extracts from those in order to create these these what you're what you're calling the highest level of vitality possible right so, so let's break it down because people hear mushrooms and they're like what the heck are you talking about uh well obviously we know there's a lot of mushrooms right there's there's portobello there's shiitake there's white mushrooms like these are the things you get at the grocery store there's the mushrooms that your friends taught you about in the 60s and then there's all these other mushrooms that you see toadstools that'll kill you when you're walking along when you're going out into the wilderness uh, yeah. Stuff you can eat, stuff you can't, and they but they all have different. And and by the way, fungi. If you guys don't remember taxonomy from your high school or college biology class, it's totally separate from what are other types of like you think of animals and plants. Fungi are not even plants; they're their own thing. Correct. Yeah. So this is fungi are their own biological kingdom, and it's massive, just like you said. And when we talk about the mushrooms that we're using in Forsigmatic. It's a small subsect called functional mushrooms. Most of these grow on trees. So the varieties that you mentioned, the ones that you cook with, you know, your culinaries that you'll put on a, your pizza, mm-hmm. the psychedelics. Truffles, the truffles, mushroom. which are amazing. Please. Amazing. We could talk about, yeah, yeah, hundreds of varieties of mushrooms. But most of the varieties that people think of, they grow from the earth, from the ground. Mm-hmm. Basic distinction, functional mushrooms are mostly growing from trees. So they're really hard. They're conky. I can bring a reishi or a chaga over here and show you it. Um, And they've been used for literally thousands of years, depending on the culture and region of the world we're talking about, as both food and medicine. And so it's nothing new to be using these species. We're kind of the last to catch on in the West. Okay. Okay. Why why do they have to grow on the trees? Like what what is unique about the tree system versus the ground system that that, that makes these particular mushrooms like that? Yeah, it depends on the species. So chaga is a really good example. Um, we call chaga our king of mushrooms, and it's parasitic, so it grows from birch trees. We at Four Sigmatic Wild harvest our chaga from the largest birch forest in the world. It's called the taiga. It's in Siberia. Um, but chaga, when you extract it properly and you wild harvest it, it has the most antioxidants of any food on the planet. Wow. One of our little chaga elixirs has the equivalent antioxidant content as 30 pounds of raw carrots wow it's like off the charts talk about you know super immune support so many of those antioxidants actually come from conversions of compounds found in the bark of the birch tree okay compound betalin the chaga mushroom converts it just like fungi do right fungi responsible for converting flour into bread you know Mm -hmm grapes into alcohol, whatever it might be. So they're these masterminds of bringing uh, kind of the, that middle stage of transformation, right? Even life and death, right? They break down everything in the world as the grand decomposers. Um, so chaga converts this betalin and turns it into betalinic acid, which is a really powerful um, immune supporting compound for our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is when we talk about functional mushrooms, it's kind of the idea that we are what we eat. Our functional mushrooms are what they eat. So really critical to be sourcing them from the woods that they're found on to right. make sure that you're getting that true species as nature intended. Right. I, I, I understand. I get why that's... I mean, we, we do a lot with science and part of the idea of what you guys do uh, and what, 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 these, what 
what these things do is that uh, is that you're taking you're taking this stuff that has existed for time immemorial and you are and you are modernizing it as opposed to uh, breaking it down and refabricating it the way that most of our uh, most of our uh, pharmaceuticals are done for us. You know, yeah, and which which I I think to your point, you get all of these other ancillary benefits of eating the real thing. Like our bodies are designed to eat the real thing, and uh, you just I just feel better having doing that versus doing doing something that's been processed in a lab. Right, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the biggest difference between natural medicine and pharmaceuticals is with a pharmaceutical you isolate a compound, but most of those isolated compounds started from a mushroom or a plant originally. Mm-hmm. And when you get it in nature in this whole form, it's in a matrix, right? So there's the synergy of hundreds of different compounds that are working together. And your body recognizes that as a whole being and mm-hmm. can process it a lot easier than that isolated compound, which often puts a lot more work on our liver, having to detox it and all the various side effects that can come from taking that one isolated compound, but that's patentable, right? And that's, uh, can have a a repeatable effect in lots of bodies that take it. So for example, we can all take ibuprofen and there's going to be a similar response in a hundred bodies. If all of us take a natural herb, mushroom, whatever it might be, there's going to be a varying response in every body because it's almost like matchmaking. It's a a whole thing meeting another whole thing. Mm -hmm is going to be slightly variable, um, which is part of what makes them so magical as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You, people can't see this right now, but the smile on your face when you talk about how the holistic nature of, of the food uh, is is in and of itself uh, uh, motivating to switch to a whole food diet, to switch to 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 these, you know, uh, four sigmatic style foods, because you just you just seem so like, oh, my gosh, lit up by the by the idea. Um so you guys have you guys have Lion's Mane, you guys have chaga. Are there other are there other uh, superfoods that you guys make that that we can learn about? Yeah, we just launched a plant based protein, which I'm so excited about. Uh, so we're a vegan plant based company, and protein is one of the most massive categories. And there's never been a protein that one is as clean as ours right. or has this balanced amino acid profile, which is so important when you're using a plant based, when you're eating a plant-based source of protein. Um, right. So you, you look, wanna, confused, you, no, right? no, no, I, I got you. I'm just, I'm thinking right. like, cause I know you, there's 12 essential amino acids that we, our bodies don't produce. Right. And, and so you have to make sure that if whatever protein sources you're getting your protein from have those, 12 amino acids that we can't make from just eating generic other food. Um, and that's, that's the key to protein. Uh, and yeah. Right. So right. Protein, one of our macronutrients, our bodies can't, um, manufacture it on our own. We need to get it from our food. When you break down proteins, there are 20 amino acids, right? It's essentially the building blocks to protein and in plant based forms of protein, it already has the essential amino acids. So you're good. You know, it's an easy form of fuel, Many plants have amino acids as well, but in varying levels. So in order to create that balanced amino acid to to be able to get all of the amino acids to create a complete protein, you need to mix a variety of plants that have these varying levels, right? right? So what we've done is we've chosen five plant-based sources to get this balanced amino acid profile. So we're using pea, hemp, chia, coconut, and pumpkin Mm. um, protein. And with that, we left out, you know, that's it. So there's no grains, rice, fillers, gums, anything. And then beyond the protein, we added seven of our top mushrooms and adaptogens. Getting this super high dose of functional mushrooms, adaptogens that support your immune system, support your stress response, and you're getting that, um, you know, meeting your nutrient needs with 18 grams of plant-based protein. So... I'm stoked about this <laughs> Yeah, just I, yesterday. Uh, why? Why are? Why do people need to supplement their protein so much? I mean, why? Why? If you're advocating for, uh, and I hear that there's some special parts to it, but if you're advocating for whole foods being on the better side of things, why would a protein powder be something that people should be using? Why? Why wouldn't we be advocating just for eating the kinds of foods that would have those proteins? 
Yeah. So still eating this, right? Even though this is in a powdered form, they're all whole foods. So there's no, you know, isolates or anything extracted. Um, but we're in a wild world where, uh, people are really busy, really stressed out and people want to reach for a magic pill, which doesn't exist. We're trying to create, you know, this this is kind of a three in one as close to meeting multiple of your needs in one scoop. Um, but, the the protein that we're all getting, if we look at the standard American diet, we call it the sad diet. Right. As nutritionists. Right. <laughs> um, sadly, it's it's so true. Uh, we're eating a lot of meat, a lot of cheese, so these high calorie foods with mm-hmm. with low um, uh, nutritional profiles. Right. So what we're trying to do is switch that, so you get low calorie foods with as much diversity of vitamins, minerals, um, fibers, right? All of these beneficial compounds that support so much more than just that protein. By the way, something we talk about all the time is when you eat nutritionally dense foods, you will feel fuller. Because one of the issues that we have in in Western society right now is that we eat all of these processed foods that, like you said, are high caloric, but low nutrition. So you eat the food and and then, you know, a half hour later, your body's like, wait, no, we need... We need compound X. We need compound Y. And so your body then reaches for more food because your body's telling you it's missing something. And you keep doing that, but you're eating calorically dense foods. All of a sudden, you're, you're at 3,000 calories in the first half of the day, and you still haven't met your nutritional needs. So we, flipping that script sounds amazing where, you, uh, where you're now taking, you're, t- you're meeting those nutritional needs, and then the calories can come later. And you're, you'll be amazed at how easy it is to cut calories if you do that. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about why our food is so nutritionally lacking and how you can easily fix that in your life and what what that will do for you. Why why do you think we keep... Why do you think so many people are struggling with with this notion? Like, so we we talk about it all the time. Why, Why don't doctors tell us this? Why aren't we... Why aren't we able to create diets for people and make these foods readily available in a way that is that is actually going to that is actually going to change some of our chronic diseases that we have. This is a huge question. I know it's a big question, but I, but I know it's the question that you guys as a company are trying to answer. So I you know, I I I just why can't we get it right? Yeah. First of all, we don't have education around nutrition in our public schooling system. Even doctors, there's one optional course on nutrition in eight years of medical school. Yeah, I've been told that every doctor I've talked to says, you know, even doctors that have switched to being holistic healers or doctors have switched to being nutritionists, um, famous ones we've had on the show before. We had Dr. Gundry on the show before, and he's, you know, he's really, he was a cardiologist and he's really turned into as much a nutritionist as anything else because he was like, oh, well, food is the food is the healing. Correct. You realize that. And we and we've known this for thousands of years. So, you know, I, I've lived in Asia for several years and studied Ayurvedic medicine and um, you know, now as a Western herbalist, there's always been a understanding of what we put in our body has an effect on our well being. Mm-hmm. Right. Certain things we get energized or we fall asleep. We, you know, it's just this very integral relationship that in the last really, you know, 50 years, we have created a system that is treating symptoms as opposed to nourishing the root um, and and making problems or, or helping problems resolve from the place that they originated, right? Mm. So we're really about Band-Aids and quick fixes. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but there's so much pressure and stress, especially in our country, to do more, better, quicker, time is money. And so holistic healing and using nutrition to solve, you know, maybe a dietary issue or headaches or your sleep, whatever it might be, takes time. It's not, you can't have a pill and it's gone overnight. You have to make a shift that is sustainable. And that is a long-term commitment, uh, which a lot of people aren't willing to do. Yeah. Well, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, let's be let's be clear. It's more expensive to eat whole foods for whatever reason. I mean, it, it has to do with subsidies of certain things that are grown. But uh, it's it's a lot cheaper to eat foods that are like we were talking about before, calorically dense, but nutritionally vacant. 
right? right. The nutritionally full foods usually have to be grown a certain way in a certain environment, and they're, and they're they're too expensive for for most of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so, like switching, turning that on its head is really hard. Yeah, and I think starting it's meeting meeting yourself where you're at. And so talking to someone saying, oh, you have to switch your whole diet and start eating more plants and mm-hmm. eat organic. It's never going to happen. So what, what we really try to do at Four Sigmatic is create these really small first steps. It's like dipping your toe into a pond. And then from there, your body almost gains the energy or vitality to take the next step and the next step. But if you can look at what you're already doing in a day and add, you know, like $1.99 for a cup of coffee which is cheaper than you get at most coffee shops. And it has 500 milligrams of some of the most powerful nutrient dense foods in the world in it. Like even that small shift, it's amazing. And, you know, I think there's a mental aspect too, where people decide now I'm taking care of my body. I'm making a conscious decision to do something that is a better for me option. Mm -hmm. And from there, it's slowly taking one step at a time. But I agree if we think like, oh my God, how did we get here? And we're all so sick and we have this chronic inflammation and autoimmune conditions out the wazoo. I mean, it's overwhelming. And you're like, honestly, screw it. I'm just gonna keep eating whatever I want and and not paying attention. Um, And so, yeah, it's really, you know, I always think about how can we add before subtracting so looking at your body rather than saying, okay, I'm going to cut out gluten or not eat this meat right, anymore. Right, right, right. Let's add a cup of blueberries to your diet every week. Let's add, you know, a little mushroom powder, ideally, to your smoothie. Like mm-hmm. what's something that is easy, that makes sense for your life and start with that. And it's it's incredible the shift that happens. And I can tell you so many stories from private practice about what happens when you meet someone where you're at, you give them one step to build upon themselves and they like, it's the first step of like, okay, I turned on the car and now it's just going. Right. Right. Uh, So I'm a big fan of what what you're talking about. Can uh, a lot of people that I've talked to who are, who are habit specialists or, or behavior, you know, behavioral psychologists that we've had on the show, we talk about something called an anchor habit. And that's where, uh, so Navy SEALs, uh, the, one of the books about, like, from, I think, a McMaster or one of these guys, one of these Navy SEAL admirals, uh, talks about making your bed in the morning. Why that's like a key habit for Navy SEALs is because you start the day with something that you've accomplished. You start the day with something that will pay dividends at the end of the day. So there's all sorts of psychological benefits to doing something as simple as making your bed. And I find that there are psychological benefits to making good health choices. So if I exercise, uh, if I do my exercise for the day, I make better food choices because I've yeah. done something for my body and my body's like, oh, and, uh, and you know, let's, let's fuel this properly. And the older that I get, the more the bad food choices affect me negatively, even in the short term. Like when I was a teenager, a cheeseburger... Uh, I could eat a cheeseburger, double cheeseburger from In-N-Out, and then go to water polo practice and swim for two hours and feel fantastic. And now if I eat a cheeseburger, I'm on the couch for five hours just dealing with the, with the, with the consequences of digesting that. Uh, yep. it, it, and, and the more I actually eat healthy, the more those bad foods, those nutritionally uh, negative foods uh, on the opposite side of the sigma, right, the, the negative sigma foods, the more they actually hurt the system. Because if I'm eating, if I'm eating badly, I don't feel it every bad food choice. But when I start making good food choices, I start to feel it, and then my body starts to reject the idea of it. Like I don't crave it as much. So when I make yeah. one healthy choice, I start to crave other healthy foods, and it's it, it's it's compounded. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's getting out of this this cycle, right? So we can think of it like a, the blood sugar cycle. Why mm-hmm. you put your fat in your coffee? It's like if you start your day with a lot of sugar, then it's you're going to get a crash a couple mm-hmm. hours later and all you want is more sugar and it's this yo-yo. Same thing with what you're eating. If you're eating foods that have you know, certain compounds in them that are creating stimulus in your brain that is addicting and you want more of them, you're going to be in this cyclical loop. And when you can start to break that and really nourish your body and give your body the foods and the, the nutrition that it needs to function optimally – it's incredible. Your body will start telling you and start craving what you need. Right. And, you know, really what the mushrooms teach us is 
connection and how can we connect more to our own bodies and start listening to our own bodies more. And that's what it's about. You know, people can listen to us or other nutritionists, whatever, all day. And it's every body is unique and our body is constantly giving us messages. Even, you know, if we get a headache, our body is trying to tell us something. If we're exhausted, there's there's these signals that are are like, hey, look at me, look at me. And I think our work as a nation is reconnecting. And mm-hmm. that's on so many levels, but it starts with kind of zone zero, which is our body. And if we can start listening and uh, reconnecting, um, yeah, I mean, it just starts flowing hour from there, you know, more connection with your relationships, with the food that you eat, with the planet, getting outside. Uh, and it's a, it's a pretty beautiful flow that happens. And like we were talking about before, those create these sort of anchor habits in you where you, where that connection begins to beget more connections, begins to beget more connections. And that's, uh, and that's, and like you said, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I would be remiss and I would get in trouble if I don't ask you a couple of questions about, uh, foraging for mushrooms in the wild, because I know that can be really dangerous, but a lot of people are hearing this and they see the price tag of some, of some of these, some of these mushrooms because they're they're And I, and I, I, you make a great point about if you can replace one thing, if you can replace your coffee with this, you're actually going to be saving a little bit of money compared to going to a coffee shop. Um, but for some people it's prohibitive and they're going to want to go out and find these mushrooms on their own. Uh, or some mushrooms on their own. And because you guys are wild, you guys get them in the wild, the people I think are going to hear that and do that. So uh, are there any hard and fast rules for one, can you find some of these mushrooms in the wild in the in in our hemisphere? And then uh, and then two, do you have any like hard and fast rules for mushroom foraging? Because I'm terrified of doing that. Yes, Uh, the most common functional mushroom that you can find in most of the states is called turkey tail. We use it in a couple of our products. Uh, it's a great immune supporting, uh, gut healing mushroom. And you can also find chaga up mostly in the Northeast. So like Maine, Vermont area growing mm. on birch trees. Uh, if you go out mushroom hunting, go with someone that knows what they're doing. <laughs> uh, you know, it sounds so simple, but there's mycological societies in almost every city and you can connect with them. And I don't know about 2020, but most people, most of these groups have four A's. You can go, you can learn a couple really basic rules of sustainable, ethical wildcrafting and what that looks like. And then my rule of thumb, whether you're going out to harvest mushrooms or um, herbs is know what poisonous species exist in your region. Mm. Really familiar with them. Like that's the first step with my students at herb school. It's like, okay, let's understand what can kill us out there. Right. And there's, yeah. only about, there's only about five plants in Colorado that can kill us. Um, but it's really important to know because there's lookalikes <laughs> that, yeah. that we want to go harvest. You know, it's like we have poison hemlock and then OSHA is really medicinal. So if you take the wrong one and you don't look at the stem properly, like you're gone. Uh, and so similar with the mushrooms, know like know what the poisonous lookalikes are and get really familiar, draw them, look them up in, in many different forms. Um, there's great kind of field guides that you can go out with. And before going and hunting the mushrooms and using them as medicine, just start being out in the forest. Like that's the first step. Just get out there, start looking around, start developing that sense of what it feels like to walk in the woods again. And, you know, I think not having the expectations of, oh, I have to find this mushroom and I'm going to make this amazing chaga coffee on my own. It's really being curious and wondering and maybe, you know, collecting some species and making spore prints or taking them home and seeing how they... What are spore prints? Oh, so spore prints is one of the identification techniques of knowing what mushroom is what. And so you literally, you know, we have these different parts of a mushroom. We mm-hmm. have the stipe or the stem. We have the cap. And then underneath the cap on, on certain mushrooms, there's gills. And then within the gills, you have spores, which are essentially mushroom seeds, mm-hmm. right? You can take the cap and put it on a piece of paper and cover it with a bowl or a cup and let it sit overnight to encourage the spores to drop. And you create these gorgeous, they look like um, fingerprints, but they're, they're spore prints. Um, wow. it's like art from mushrooms, but a really powerful way to just start 
learning and experimenting, you know, you could pick a species out in the, out in nature and a spore print can be a completely different color and that can dictate well, whether the mushroom is X or Y, right? So it's a helpful, one of many tools that we use to understand what species are, are what. Will the spores in the paper, will that turn into mushrooms? Um, potentially. So spores are, we could have a whole podcast conversation on spore distribution, but they're one of the hardiest forms of, um, you know, it's like a seed containing the DNA of the species. So mm-hmm. we've found spores in thousand year old glacier ice caps. We've sent spores off to space and brought them back and given them the right environment and they will, um, grow. So almost like sprout, they produce these little hyphae. They're like a little, tail, which meets another hyphae and creates this incredible mycelial network, which is underneath both of us right now Mm. as we speak. It's everywhere across the planet. Um, So yeah, spores are really hardy. If you, you know, if you just leave it on your counter in a dry, you know, not moist, not dark uh, environment, it's not going to grow a mushroom. Uh, But yeah, you can absolutely capture spore prints and then, um, do DIY mushroom growing at home through, cool. through a process. Yeah. Uh, I, I would be remiss also if I didn't talk to you about it. Do you, because you just mentioned it, the spore network that's underneath us or the, 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 have you heard about like the largest forest organism, single organism in the world where it's this whole forest and the, and the actual trees are connected by these, by these fungi, these spore networks from the, from root to root. And scientists have said that the, way the forest behaves it transmits information like a neural network because of the connection of the of the of the fungi right so this is called the mycelium network it's often called the wood wide web or nature's internet i think of it like um kind of the world's cardiovascular system or you know nervous system so it's not only transferring nutrients it's also transferring information uh we know 90 percent of plants on earth depend on this network Uh, so not only is it underneath every forest and soil across the planet, it's also within plants. Um, and it's actually, it's, it's absolutely incredible. The potential of what we're, we're just beginning to, to discover that mycelium is capable of. Uh, so it's mind blowing. I'm like, what direction can we go? Uh, but really what we're doing at Four Sigmatic and why I feel so excited about it is opening the door to, mushrooms in general and this fungal kingdom. And mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that fungi have so many answers for our bodies, for the environment, for cleaning up waste, for creating alternatives for both meat and different packaging materials. I mean, it's endless. And yet right now it's still very foreign. It's like, mm-hmm. we don't know a lot about mushrooms. And my really silly joke is like, how do we get to know something as we sit down and we have a cup of coffee with it? You know, we, we begin that first relationship and the conversations bringing fungi into our consciousness again, um, I just, the potential is endless. We're, we're just on the brink of kind of a fungi forward world. <laughs> so swipe right on mushrooms, right? And then, and then set up that coffee date. <laughs> Danielle yeah. Ryan Broida, thank you so much for your time today. I'm going to, I know you got to go, but I'm going to let, I'm going to ask you two last questions that I ask everybody. First and foremost, if people want to follow up with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah, my website is Danielle Ryan Wellness. Um, on social, I'm Danielle Ryan Broida. And then I'm all over Four Sigmatics. So you can go to foursigmatic.com or at Four Sigmatic on any social channels. Uh, links to the Four Sigmatic website, Danielle's website, and their socials will be in the show notes for you guys. One last thing, and I ask it to everybody what is one thing that we can all start doing today that will make our lives a whole lot better? Switch to mushroom coffee. <laughs> very on, very on brand but i mean like like you said that's the swipe and right on mushrooms thing right like you sit down try it for the first time see how it's how, how it goes i'm a, I, I was i was a convert from first sip uh, the first time i ever tried mushroom coffee i was a convert and i still drink regular coffee i just add a cup of mushroom coffee into my routine exactly yeah if you already drink coffee which is you know whatever 80 percent of americans or something like that changes all the time it's it's truly the easiest way to elevate what you're already doing. You don't even have to think about it. And again, it's like that first step to turning our body in the right gear. Yeah. Danielle Ryan Broida, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. 
That's it for our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Uh, we've, I've been reading some of the, the, the ratings that you guys have been giving us. I appreciate that so much. Uh, you can also find us on social media. Uh, we're at facebook.com slash John Tesh. We spend a ton of time there, right, John? On your Facebook page, we go live there three times a week at least. Yes, absolutely, and uh, and we love to we love to answer your questions as yeah. well. We got the Prima workout going on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at nine a.m. Pacific. You can check us out there. You can also get John's brand new book that he wrote himself, Relentless, at Tesh dot com in the store. There's a link in the show notes as well as a little uh, as a little ten percent off gift card. Why are you, you laughing? Sound, you, because you sound like you're talking to your three year old. It's like he went potty all by himself. <laughs> but it's, but wait, okay. So you're absolutely right. I do. I have. I have adopted a I broadcaster voice. I would blame you and say that I learned this from you. But for, first of all, but secondly, I think it's important to note because a lot of people don't write their yeah, own no, books. A lot of people of your it. ilk don't write their own books, and it's really. I want people to know that this is not something that you signed off on. This is not something that you like gave interviews for and then just okayed it. You tapped the keys for every word in this book. Yeah, and you and you were very encouraging during the process. I appreciate it. It's not an it's not an easy feat. How many was it? Sixty thousand words? What, what was it? Was eighty eighty thousand? But who's counting? I turned <laughs> in I turned in a hundred thousand, and they cut it down. Well, that's as, as that's, that's no, what editors are for. No one no one wants four chapters on how to write music for the Tour de France. Apparently, I disagree. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people out there. Side pamphlet: the, the missing twenty thousand words from Relentless. What's really funny is that the one of the editors said, "Why don't you when, when you know the the thing when you and I did the intervention with your." Uh, with your uncle that was my right, favorite right. chapter it's the last chapter and, and uh, the editor said this does not fit with the book maybe you should turn it into a pamphlet <laughs> use the word pamphlet I said no it's going in it has to it's so fun you want to talk about relentlessness that weekend was a very oh, it, it, man, it, I know yeah. it was only a weekend but we yeah. we knocked down some obstacles that weekend that was unbelievable right. yeah you should read. You should just get the book to read yeah. that part that's <laughs> a link to the Tesh.com store in the show notes or you can get it wherever better books are sold Again, John Tesh Relentless. Also, you can follow with John on, on Twitter, at John Tesh, on Instagram, at John Tesh underscore IFYL. I am Gib Gerard. You can find me at Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard or at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. Again, links to all of those in the show notes. But please give us a shout out. Ask a question. I respond to, try to respond to every mention or DM. In fact, I've had a couple guests on the show that you guys have recommended because I do this show for you guys. So thank you so much for listening. <laughs>